A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Dragon Lee completes the trifecta of appearing on Raw, NXT, and SmackDown this week, and he may have a bigger role in the coming weeks, which makes me very, very excited. We're here to talk about it. I'm your host, Tempest, and this is the lovely and wonderful Sat Ian Yangi. We are the House of the Black Mask. This is the Wrestle Talk podcast review of Friday Night SmackDown, September 29th, 2023. Sat, what's causing all this? It's Sat E Day on Sat E Time. That's what's going on. Well, what's causing all this is that Tempest is gassed over fellow masked wrestler. Potentially, uh, big things are ahead for Dragon Lee. Before we actually did the podcast, I asked you in the office, I said, do you think Dragon Lee is going to succeed where Sin Cara's failed, where Kalisto failed in being the heir apparent of being the next big luchador for WWE? The, the very thing that WWE has been trying to create since Rey Mysterio became a big thing in WWE. That's been the question. And we're going to talk about that. And Hell of yeah. course, in SmackDown as well. Of course. Yeah. So, of course, if you haven't already, please make sure that you like this video and subscribe to the Wrestle Talk podcast channel. We're going to have our review of Wrestle Dream coming up on Monday, which is very, very exciting. Some very interesting things could be happening on that show. I can't wait. So make sure that you're subscribed and ring that bell so you're notified when that review goes live. In the meantime, however... We've got this episode of SmackDown to review. So, Fusion, you're Fusion. right. Yes. SmackDown. Yes. SmackDown involved the one and only Dragon Lee. Of course, Dragon Lee has had a busy week this week. He gave mm -hmm. Dom Mysterio his best match on the main roster in a brilliant little deal on Raw, and he is preparing to face Dom once again for the NXT North American title at NXT No Mercy. He's not. He's he's going to be a guest ref referee. It's actually Trick Williams. That's Dom. right. That's right. Did Pardon me. No, listen, you're, you're, you're probably forecasting the future. But I don't know, because based on Trick Williams' reaction lately and the way they've been building them up, it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't sound strange to give him the title. But at the same time, you asked the question, was Ali, Mustafa Ali, the original person in that match, was he destined to win the title? If the answer is no, then maybe not. Because you'd, you'd, you'd think that Dragon Lee was always destined to be the guest referee because mm. he had a little mini uh, dispute with Mustafa Ali before he, for some weird reason, left to go back to his planet. Indeed. Yes, I remembered seeing Dra uh, Dragon Lee on the graphic for mm. it, and I guess that rewrote my brain chemistry. But as for this show, yes, sir. Dragon Lee was sat in the front row for a good portion of this show, and the first interaction that we saw was Austin Theory getting in his face, mm. and this will lead to Dragon Lee versus Austin Theory next week on SmackDown. But yeah. The other very important thing that we saw here was during the Luchador special on SmackDown this week. So take you through some of the bits that happened on this show, because we had a backstage interview with Santos Escobar early in the show, and he basically reiterated what he's been saying for the last couple of weeks. He said it's been his dream to face his idol, Rey Mysterio, in a one-on-one -on -one match with the title on the line, and he's going to get the chance to do that tonight. May the best man win. Very wholesome babyface stuff. 
could be a, a misdirection if they were going to turn heel on this show didn't happen because later we had Rey Mysterio basically say the same things. Mm -hmm. Be careful what you wish for. May the best man win. He's got a big goofy smile on the whole time. He's very excited for this match. He goes to the ring. And he goes to the ring right after the Austin Theory Dragon Lee interaction had happened. So that's fresh in your mind. We have the match between Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar, which I thought was the highlight of this here SmackDown. Okay. There were other really good moments. The main event had a really big pop for you know who, but we'll get to that a little bit later. As for a full match, I thought this was by far the best thing on the show. They did a really good job of telling the story that Rey Mysterio has been the idol of Santos Escobar, and he has had loads of time to prepare for this match. Mm -hmm. He scouted Rey Mysterio. He knows all of Rey Mysterio's biggest moves, mm -hmm. and he's going to have counters to them. We saw this throughout the match, and especially at the finish, because Rey Mysterio sets up Santos Escobar for the 619, but Rey Mysterio doesn't get to connect with it. Santos gets up, blocks the move, but... In blocking the move, Ray immediately sets him up for the 619 again. He hits it this time, but isn't able to hit the follow-up splash. And anybody who's watched Ray Mysterio knows the 619 isn't actually his finish. It's whatever move he hits immediately after. Because if he doesn't hit it, that 619 did zero damage. Rey Mysterio doesn't hit the splash. Santos sits up out of it, goes to cradle Rey, but they kind of go back and forth with cradles, and eventually Santos gets up, runs right into a small package. Rey Mysterio gets the win, retains the title. This was a very good match, I thought, and afterwards, it seemed as if they were going to just shake hands, be all buddy-buddy still, but they get attacked by the Street Profits, who are trying to make a statement as a result of a segment earlier on with Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley comes down to ringside. He's applauding. He's happy to see it. He knocks out Joaquin Wilde with a back elbow. It was hilarious watching it as it happened. Because he comes to make the save and Bobby Lashley just like sticks his elbow out. Joaquin Wilde hits it and is out. He's absolutely out. So in the ensuing brawl that happens here, Dragon Lee tries to hop the barricade yeah. and get into it to save his fellow luchadors. This, of course, I'm hoping is going to set up a six-man tag match for Fastlane, which is the following segment afterwards where they're asking Ray and Santos in the dressing room, or in the trainer's room, rather, what's going to happen here? What are your thoughts? Ray Mysterio challenges the Street Profits and Bobby Lashley to a match at Fastlane. Now, you could theorize that this is going to be Ray, Santos, and Joaquin Wilde, but I think... Or Zelina Vega. Or Zelina Vega, for that matter. I think the much more exciting matchup here would be Ray, Santos, and Dragon Lee. Of course, maybe it depends on who's going to win that match because Joaquin Wilde is right there to take the pin if the Street Profits mm -hmm. and Bobby Lashley are going to win. But they seem to be very into this Dragon Lee fella right now with good reason and having him be associated with Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar and this whole act right now at Fastlane next week could be a very big thing for him. Well, the past criticism of NXT and WWE has been the lack of integration between wrestling and the main roster. And I feel like what they've done this time, especially while Shawn Michaels being in charge, is they've done a great job of slowly introducing wrestlers to the main roster. You you, you can't begin to see how uh, flabbergasted I am that wrestlers that, that I watch on NXT, sometimes we get no reaction or muted reaction on the main roster. I'm like, this guy's great. I'll use Cameron Graham as an example later when we get to his match. Uh, by introducing people who don't know who Dragon Lee is. It's always another masked guy. He might do cool things. But no, he does cool things, but he's also brutal in the ring. Years of wrestling in Japan and Mexico. You can see his style right there. He had a great match with Dom Mysterio. Like, him and Dominic are what you like. Dominic himself has been improving. You know, you have to give... You know, I've never really, I never really dissed his wrestling ability, but for the people that did, you have to give him his due. He's getting better. You, you're going to name more than one move he does in the ring. You, It'll be more of a Michinoku drivers. If you have more signature moves eventually, he'll get there. But yeah, Dragon Lee had a fantastic match there. Then also, you know, he had a great match in the NXT. It was part of the Fatal Four Way match for the North American title, which Trick Williams won. He was one of the highlights standout in that match as well. And then, you know, he makes an appearance on SmackDown. They, I, I like that because a part of me is like they've signed him last year because that's when they signed him. He's been making quite a splash on the main, on on the NXT, and now he's making an appearance on the main roster. It's like, is it time for him to come to the main roster? Based on the match he had, he had with Dominic, we need someone 
like Dragon Lee on the main roster, he added so much to the Raw. The Raw shows three hours by having someone with a different style, provided different energy, a, bre- a different style of, of match breath, some, brought some fresh air in that mid-card scene. So for me, yeah, for him to be in that six-man tag match, if he, even if he was part of the losing team, it doesn't really hurt him because you're still conditioned that he's a third brand slash developmental, that he's still on his way up. And he might not even get pinned. But the the, the prospect of having uh, Montez Ford and Dragon Lee going at it in a six-man tag match sounds very exciting to me. That is a very good point. I hadn't even stopped to consider like the different matchups you could see. And I said last week I would really like to see Rey Mysterio and Montez Ford have a singles match because that mm-hmm. just sounds very exciting. But really, Montez Ford and all three members of that trio mm-hmm. would be very, very exciting. I agree. I am very hopeful for whatever we end up getting out of this. I think you're right. I don't think a win or a loss or whatever is going to necessarily affect how we view Dragon Lee because as of right now, he's still a member of the NXT roster, which means if they want to go full bore, bring him back up as a fully integrated member of the main roster, in theory, you can give him kind of like a refresh there. It's co- yeah. sort of like when Sami Zayn lost to John Cena Bingo. in the match way before he actually debuted on the main roster. But what I don't want, though, I'll, I'll say quickly before we, we move on or you get to your next part. I do not want Dragon Lee to be booked as an underdog. Usually, we're now in a weird stage where Vince is kind of back, but they say he's not really in charge. So he's not really as hands-on as he used to be. And we know that Triple H has a history of booking... I don't know, because I'm trying to think back to his doing something in NXT because you had the the Lucha Dragons. So it's quite hard to say, was he booking Lucha Dolls great back then? But from the way we've seen Shawn Michaels book Dragon Lee and how he was portrayed on Raw, I want that same portrayal on, on, on SmackDown on Raw whenever he gets in the main roster. Don't make him old because he's five foot seven or whatever it is. He should be an underdog or fight from 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 underneath. No, just keep him how he is. He's a fantastic wrestler. Uh, so WWE, don't screw this up please i'm begging you i'm begging you this is former iwgp junior heavyweight champion dragon lee yeah i need to see this man succeed i need it to be worth it i need it yeah because that other show got a lot of luchadors for that reason because they're all scared to go to wwe just in case i have to unmask and be given silly gimmicks or rumored to be uh mrs personal stylist without a mask that was a rumor for um kalisto good lord Yes, I want the best for Dragon Lee. If you haven't seen some of his matches before signing with WWE, he is a fantastic wrestler. One of the most explosive guys you will see anywhere in the world. His suicide dive is second to none. He is on a tier with like only Darby Allen when it comes to suicide dives. This man is amazing. You will not regret checking out any of his matches, and I hope he has even more great matches in the weeks, months, and years to come in WWE. That being said, we're going to get on to our uh, SmackDown review. The rest of it. Rest so of much it. SmackDown. So much SmackDown. down. I'm going to lay it the SmackDown down on this review. Make sure, of course, that you've liked this video and comment down below what matches you want to see from Dragon Lee on the main roster. There are loads of people for him to fight. Ricochet. Ricochet. That's a good one. That sounds pretty good to me. So let us know just in general who you want to see. What would you fantasy book for Dragon Lee on the main roster in NXT? His rise, his fall, whatever you want to say. By the way, I can actually see Ricochet and Dragon Lee being tag champions. It's one of those written passages that Luchador needs to have a best friend that he teams up with. And I can see Ricochet being that guy. For sure. Him. Yeah. Why not? I mean, that would be a very high-flying, fast, awesome tag team. Mm-hmm. I'm all about it. Damn. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. For this show, however, we'll start at the beginning, which of course starts with the bloodline. The bloodline comes down to the ring, as they're one to do. They come down, and Paul Heyman starts with the mic in his hand and says that John Cena is not here. He will be here later, but he is not here currently. He got a late flight. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. It's so funny to me when you consider that like people would be fined for being late once upon a time. And now, well, it's always been a trope where it's just like, you know, the top stars arrive halfway through the show. I just, I've always thought it funny. It's kind of like, we're running this show. Sure, turn up whenever you want. What? I don't want that kind of heart attack in my life. My goodness. Yeah. It's anxiety inducing. Like imagine Patrick Mahomes comes onto the, the, the football field halfway through the game. It's like, by God, it's Patrick Mahomes music. There he is. The quarterback arrives halfway through. Oh, we got a late flight. No, you never see that. Anyway. Yes, sir. Paul Heyman's talking and he's talking about what they did to John Cena. And they're talking about laying him out, giving him a beating that John Cena hasn't had in you know, almost a decade. Ha ha. And he's talking about this. And Jimmy Uso asks for the mic. And then Jimmy Uso just takes the mic forcibly from Paul Heyman. And he says that John Cena, he always says, oh, the bloodline is in your city. And he says, we beat up John Cena. He's not here. Just like AJ Styles isn't here. And he starts mocking AJ Styles going through his list of catchphrases and such. All the things he's going to call himself. And then the bloodline gets jumped by Carl Anderson. Carl Anderson clears the ring of the bloodline. And I saw this and I just kind of like went, I'm sorry, what? Don't get me wrong. This is former G1 Climax finalist Carl Anderson. and Never po- open weight champion, baby. Never open weight champion. You can have him be the guy to clear the ring, and if you did this a little more consistently, maybe I wouldn't balk at it, but I thought, huh, that's kind of funny. I've never seen this before. Babyface Carl Anderson being booked as, like, not a complete joke on the mm. WWE main roster. I mean, he was getting beaten, like, two minutes by Karrion Cross like, two months ago, right? So that's what we're dealing with. But he's cleared the ring. Yes. The bloodline's on the outside of the ring. Mm-hmm. Paul Heyman whispers in Solo Sokoa's ear, and then Solo Solo Sokoa says, you got to go handle this, or I'll handle it. And Jimmy Uso gets in the ring, and this leads to our first match. It's Jimmy Uso against Carl Anderson. And this match is like, it's fine, it's short. Carl Anderson kind of gets some some shine, and then Jimmy Uso cuts him off and hits a super kick and a splash, and that's it. And he beats him. There's the Carl Anderson that I know, but that's the opening segment. Or so you think, because Jimmy Uso walks to the back, and along the way, Meechin comes out to check on Carl Anderson, and she slaps Jimmy Uso right across the face, knocks him down, and Jimmy Uso's like pouting, he's just like, God damn, she got me with that one. He goes to the back in in a huff. And if you remember, all of this AJ Styles bloodline involvement, all this was started because Jimmy Uso interrupted Meechin so rudely, and now here we are. 
Okay, uh, let's start off with Jimmy Uso. Please. Yes. But before we start with Jimmy Uso, let's talk about Paul Heyman for a second. So I, I was scouring through the app, formerly known as Twitter. People were talking about Paul Heyman and how he visually looks. And you know what? I've been thinking that myself. Uh, they're saying how he looks terrible, but my, my thing is not about that. His eyes have been looking a bit bloodshot lately. He looks like he needs some eye drops. And, you know, his eye, and his hair looking a bit more white around the sides. So I don't know if it's part of a storyline or, or not, but I've noticed that Paul Heyman has been having trouble with the bloodline since Roman Reigns has taken extended vacation, starting with Jimmy Uso. So you said Jimmy Uso said, you know, pass him the mic, but how did he signal the mic like like Roman Reigns? And then he said, just kidding, and just yanked the microphone off from Paul Heyman's hand. hand. From what I've noticed, we've been talking about for ages about the lack thereof of Jimmy Uso's character development or where they're going to take him, that him being back in the bloodline and I said they needed to create a, a new dynamic for him being back in the bloodline that's the only way you can accept him being back and I feel like they've slowly started to figure out what they want to do with him so I think how they're trying to convey Jimmy I could be wrong you tell me if you see it or not Tempest because you know you're beside me and you watch the show as well they're making him the wild card of the bloodline he doesn't listen to the wise man in fact he's a poor influence on his younger brother too because if you realize it jimmy will start some crap and solo likes i, I like hurting people as well so i'm gonna do it as well mm -hmm. so if you realize it because i feel like with paul Heyman, he tries to keep solo calm it's kind of like don't 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 start shooting people all the time just shoot when his time is right okay when the time is right then you fun people in the neck don't just hit anyone but with jimmy just recklessly knocking things i left right and center to the point where i call him the joe petchy of the bloodline he's just this uncontrollable he's like you want to start with me you want to fight with me i'm gonna hit you i'm gonna hit you i'm gonna hit you why because i've got the bloodline back in me and i feel invincible that's what they're doing right now they're giving him that character he's more or less kind of like the sean Walkman of of his own group like the guys like, oh, i want him to get smacked in the face so i think that's what they're trying to do now they're trying to make that his personality i mean it's good to try that for for a while it may catch on it may get over or they may like pivot but they need to give him something and if someone said it like they put up a clip of when the usos were in the ring i forgot who they were in the ring with and then jimmy goes i am the tribal chief i forgot mm. which man that was so people saying that since then jimmy usos thing is he thinks low-key he's the tribal chief so Roman, when, yeah, Roman yeah, yeah. Around, when they were talking about being the tag team it's like yo when it comes to tag teams i am the tribal chief and everyone yes. went Ooh. yes and allegedly you know how fans sometimes say long-term storybooking or stumbling onto it some people are, are saying that's that's when the seed was created that jimmy uso low-key thinks that he's the tribal chief that he should be in charge hence why he's mad with roman and jay because they are in they're getting in his way and then solo getting in his way so in a weird way it's like a gauntlet to be the tribal chief but he's using the long game to get there but at the same time he can't he can't cover that 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 um i want to say exuberance but no it's, it's the the other word he used for ego I, I honestly oh man english it's it's another word it, hubris thanks for helping me guys in the comment section hubris his hubris is getting the better of him and he's, he's been out of control whenever roman reigns come back that's when you're gonna have a reckoning of how roman feels about jimmy taking upon himself to do the things that he wouldn't give you know the 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 you know the go-ahead for so right now we're seeing this jimmy go crazy what do you think about that I think you're pretty on the money there. I mean, I think I don't think it is necessarily um, super like coded that Jimmy Uso thinks like he's getting too big for his britches. You know, that that's sort of the story that we're dealing with here. Um, I think that the influence over Solo Sokoa is an interesting avenue to, to go with this for sure. I am slightly excited to see what happens when Roman Reigns returns to this show. Part of that feeling is also me being frustrated that Roman Reigns isn't on the show. But if I'm just looking at this show in a vacuum, I'm like, okay, I actually am kind of intrigued at what happens when this version of Jimmy Uso comes face to face with Roman Reigns because that's when the reckoning of Jimmy Uso is going to happen. Mm -hmm. We haven't seen them together since Jimmy Uso rejoined the bloodline, whatever it was. So that part is very interesting to me. 
Well, we will see as this show goes on what the influence over Jim of Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa and their kind of destruction path was on this show and how that may or may not be what Roman Reigns wants because Roman Reigns doesn't want anything to happen without his say so. We'll see. I'm still not super into this. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, like the, listen, the Jimmy yeah. Uso chapter of this mm-hmm. story, I still think is probably the least interesting one we've had since it was just a year of Brock Lesnar and, and Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman and all that. But it is more interesting than it was a few weeks ago. So I will give a slight thumbs up on that. An Orange Cassidy thumbs up. And I'm, I want to add because they, they they make the highlight the fact that he keeps saying call Roman Reigns. Yes. To highlight that he's in distress. It, it, I haven't seen Paul Heyman at ease in a while. Since Roman's been gone, you see it. He's, it's taken a toll on him trying to keep the ship afloat because in his mind, when Roman comes back, the blame will solely be on him. Why is mm-hmm. Roman? What's going on here? Why have I, since I've been gone, everything's in disarray and chaos. Solo's not listening to me. J- Jimmy thinks he's now the tribal chief. What's going on? And you'll get the blame for it. So you can see the stress on his face. And I, I have to say, that's one of the reasons why I said I didn't really mind too tough after a while that Jimmy's joined by the bloodline because you need more bodies because it was just Solo and Paul who knows what kind of dynamic yeah. storyline you, you you get told yeah i i agree because we will then see immediately after was the interview with santos escobar that we talked about but then after that you see jimmy uso walking around just pissed off he's pissed off he's just gotten slapped in the face he's walking he tells one stagehand like what are you looking at get out of my face he takes another few steps and he pushes another stagehand against a wall this guy's going to end up being Ty Dillinger or something in 10 years. <laughs> we continue, however, because this segment then ends with Paul Heyman being like, call Roman Reigns. I do want there to be a line when Roman Reigns eventually rejoins this show where he's like, God damn, can I get a moment of peace, Paul? Can I get a moment? I'm getting five phone calls from you every Friday night. I'm trying to sit at home with my kids. Whatever. What I would like is like the actual play the voicemail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my tribal chief. Um, you don't. We don't believe this. What's happening next? My tribal chief. Oh my gosh, Solo's in it. My tribal chief Jimmy just he just left the catering section. I don't know what to do right now. My tribal chief. I will, my tribal chief. I'm going crazy right here. I don't know what to do right now. I want to come home. <laughs> 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 my tribal chief. <laughs> I'd very much like something like that, just as a, a a payoff for the frequent calls to Roman Reigns. Oh, the voicemail's full. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, that'd be fun. Just just some some levity would, yeah. would actually. Add, uh, that's what's missing from the bloodline. Is like what that's what Sammy added. Is like you had the gloom and the doom and the attacks and then the the treacherous betrayal and the manipulation, but some levity that Sammy brought into it. That's what made us love the storyline even more. So that kind of humor in that in that storyline wouldn't be out of place. I agree. So we move on because yeah. after that we had the Grayson Waller effect. Your favorite show. Lashley. Your favorite Listen, show. I think Grayson Waller is a really good little heel for SmackDown. You know, I was a fan of his in NXT once he, you know, was you know, once he stopped being a vampire and stuff. That was fun. I like Grayson Waller. I think he's a decent little wrestler. I don't think the Grayson Waller effect adds anything to any show. And I feel that way about pretty much all WWE talk show segments, whether it's a ta- a- a- Austin Theory Live. That's not or- real. Austin Theory Live is not real. That's a sign he made up in his head. They, they don't give him a set. He doesn't have get, get that's, yeah. that, that's not real. It's just like, ha ha, that spells ATL. Ha ha, it's ATL. That's what it is. Ha ha, it's ATL. Say that more. It's ATL. You get it? It's A-Town. Ha ha. It's not really a show. It's not really No, show. but I feel the same way about like Miz TV or like any of them. I don't think they offer anything other than just like being it, a promo it, it, segment. It instigates a, a fight. So that's what it does. But you're, I, you know what? What is your favorite talk show? People need to know this. Come on, say it now. My favorite talk show. Unless, unless wrestling talk show, unless you're saving it for your list. I don't know. That oh, that's actually not a bad idea for a list. I'm going to write that down. Uh, if you uh, steal it, Probably the highlight reel. The highlight reel, yeah. You know, like the, the early highlight reels when they would just go on and actually like be funny. Because they would just go on and do improv with each other back before things were scripted. Jericho put Shawn Michaels' head through a through a glass thing. That one, that was good. Anywho, for this segment, Grayson Waller's guest is Bobby Lashley. Talk about another guy that doesn't need to be on a talk show segment. <laughs> I love Bobby Lashley, but come on now, we all know his strengths. 
You know what? Yeah, recently he's been fine. That's like I say. He's been fine. He's been listen. That's better than what it usually is. Sometimes lost. Yeah, <laughs> but like, come on. Like the these segments suck when the best talkers are also on them. Like Cena, Edge, etc. You don't get very many good Grayson Waller effects, regardless of the quality of the talker of the 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 guest. But regardless, mm-hmm. this starts with Waller asking about the Street Profits. Bobby Lashley says, oh, well, listen, they didn't have it, so I guess it's back to the drawing board for me. And Grayson Waller's like, oh, if you need another tag team, what about an undefeated tag team? What about me and Austin Theory? And Bobby Lashley's, Bobby Lashley's like, nah, I know, I know Austin Theory. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to do that. And Grayson says, oh, well... Austin Theory's changed. He's great. He's oh, he's such a humble bloke. He's so great right now. I like this. Uh, you know what? It's, even though it doesn't make sense, he should be so egotistical that he doesn't put anyone over. But I do like the the insincere, sincere side of Grayson Waller. Mm-hmm. It, 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 he's actually making Austin Theory more palatable recently. That's what I can say. That's the Grayson Waller effect, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's diluting the Austin Theoryness. Instead of one whole Austin Theory, you get like half an Austin Theory and half a Grayson Waller. So like, yeah, it boosts the average a little bit. He's a sugar in your tea, the yeah. sugar in your coffee, the sugar in everything that you add. So this then leads to the Street Profits coming out and just talking to Bobby Lashley. And they're like, oh, come on, Bobby. Come on. Like, come on. Come you on, know, we'll, we'll do better. And Bobby Lashley's like, no, if you want it, prove it to me. Prove it to me. And this then leads, of course, to them attacking uh, Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar later in the show. But that's that segment. This then leads to Austin Theory versus Cameron Grimes. Now, I said recently, what are they doing with these NXT call-ups? My God, why did they even bother? And for a brief moment, I was like, man, maybe, maybe they read that tweet. No, I didn't. They don't read my tweets. But... We saw Isla Dawn and Kaylee Ray, Alba Fire, on the show last week in a vignette. Didn't see them this week. Whatever. But they were on the show last week after I was like, where have they gone? And then this week, Cameron Grimes is on the show. And I was like, well, they're on the show. But at this point, I don't know if it's an improvement. Because, my God, Cameron Grimes gets beat by Austin Theory in a match where Cameron Grimes has a cool little rolling German suplex thing. That was good. That was a good move. Otherwise... There's nothing to it. Like, Austin Theory beats him with the uh, A-Town down. After being distracted. by After being distracted. And that's it. Cameron Grimes is just a jobber on this show now. He he was given a job at entrance. And also, his only feud on SmackDown got sent back to NXT. So he was left with nothing to do. And I'm talking about Baron Corbin. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Yes. Me and you were talking in the office. And as... People know we've been reporting it and we talked about it on podcasts, you know, throughout the week on Wrestle Talk. Matt Riddle is no longer in WWE. And I said to I said to Tempest, the Tempest, you can quite easily slot Cameron Grimes in the same position that Matt Riddle used to be in. You can put him in a tag team, Randy Orton, because he's got the comedy chops to make it happen, an oddball tag team. And also, if they kept the same character from NXT, I mean he's dressed like the 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 millionaire, the, the guy that you know made it well in the stock and became a rich guy. And if not, Make him the swamp guy. I feel like that's what they may they may do because Triple H has a history of like, if something's not working or if there's a disconnect in the crowd, he'll go back to what he knows from how he used to book wrestlers. He did that to Nikki Cross. You could argue that uh, as a side tab tangent, the Nikki Cross was more worse off now back to her old self than she was as a superhero because at least as a superhero, she was a champion. But I digress. But anyway, Cameron Grimes, for a lot of people, this is their first impression. And, and, I, and I'm so disappointed if this is your first impression of him because he's so much more. He's got so much to deliver. He's got the kind of sense of humor you liked in Heath Slater and Jamie Noble. He's got a Southern guy character. You know, he, he can do that really well. He played a rich character like Fish Out of Water. Like the Southern guy made good. He did really good in that. His feud with LA Knight and with a side of Ted DiBiase is one of the most unique uh, storylines that NXT had in the later portion of of that brand uh there's so much more he can offer he, he should have his own talk show because he it would actually be funny because he's his set might be you know banged up or he might ask, ask stupid questions there's so much more they can book cameron grimes better give him a character that highlights his strengths he should be a heel that's what i'm saying man cameron grimes deserves better yeah brother I am all the way with you with that. We'll always remember rich guy Cameron Grimes getting rich off of GameStop stonks. And then that music video, money, money, money. 
do that moon. He was in his underwear, chucking money. He was in the swimming pool, chucking money up, swinging the sweet. He's swinging the ocean of money. That's one of the best videos. Watch it. Cameron Grimes is just chucking it. To the moon. To the moon. That's where he needs to be pushed, guys. To the moon. Shout out to Trevor Lee. This, of course, leads to the Dragon Lee incident that we talked about here. And before we got to the Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar deal, we also saw the bloodline beating up poor Ashante Adonis backstage. It took me a second to be like, who are they beating up? Because I was like kind of half paying attention. With the beef fab that gave it away. Yeah, because it was like kind of coming in and out of commercial and whatever. So I was like kind of recalibrating everything. And I'm like, who are these guys beating up? What member of the SmackDown roster is getting beat up right now? And I realized that it was B-Fab that he was with. And I was like, oh, it's Hit Row. The remaining members of Hit Row. Can, can we talk quickly about how, okay, I'm not saying that, um, f- first of all, Top Dollar being released, that sucks because um, the group hasn't been the same, you know, without Swerve or whatever. They're trying to find a footing and they never could. So for me, it doesn't make sense that you got the remaining rapper in the group, which is B-Fab, with the non-rapper and the quiet member of the group, Ashanti the Adonis. I'm not saying that he needs to be fired too, but I'm just saying that if Hit Row's dead, I would repackage Ashanti. Mm-hmm. Be fair, can be an announcer, or they they can slot her anyway because she's got like I swear she's got like light and blood in her. They can just put her in LWO, which yeah. is which is considered lazy booking or whatever. I'll send her back to NXT. I don't know. But Ashanti the Adonis, he needs a new character. There's no offense because sometimes he gives me JTG vibes. I don't know why, but he does. But they can do so much more with him as not give a JTG gimmick. I'm just saying that there's more they can do with him if they can because he's never been spotlighted. It's kind of it's kind of like being the third or the fourth interesting member of the group because no offense because it was Swerve then you had Top Dollar's presence and you got B-Fab you know and then you had Ashanti who's like the hype person because he never used to rap doing yeah. the, the showcases you'd be like tell him guys yeah I'm ad-libbing guys because I don't rap in the group whatever there's more you should do with him and I say that and next thing you know someone will be like wait you used to be in the army Ashanti's going to be a sergeant drill, a drill sergeant watch it happen I just uh, said it <laughs> I, I, want, I want them to get used well I want everybody to get used well so we'll see. But in this segment, Jimmy Uso was beating up Ashante Adonis. B-Fab was yelling at him to stop. And Solo picks him up and hits like a spinning Solo through a table in the yep. back. Mm-hmm. And they go off. They're on a war path. We then had the Rey Mysterio Santos Escobar match. Very good, as we said earlier. But then we had a little hype session for Jade Cargill. And my God, is this going to take getting used to for me? Hearing her name on WWE TV, right? Hearing her name and everything on WWE TV, just being spoken by Michael Cole and Corey Graves and everything. I was like, God, this is cognitive dissonance. I can't get this right in my brain. It is fascinating to me. But can't wait for her to show up. My God. She's going to go to the moon at this point. A storm is coming, guys. We well, then, but what, what her theme song gonna be? That's that's what I'm waiting for. The saddest thing is, yeah, if I was if I was WWE, I would call Jim Johnston just to shred on the guitar. He's the only person that can rival to create some sort of sick song, uh, like with guitars for for Jade Cargill, or just buy her theme song and use that <laughs> song. You know, so I don't know. You know, they're not doing that. Yeah, they're not. I, I know because I assume that uh, AEW commissioned the the guy that does the guitar on the song for the song. Kind of like how Jim Johnson will commission someone to come in and do. So, yeah. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. But I'm very excited to see Jade Cargill in WWE. We then had Charlotte Flair come out for her match with Bailey, And she asked, what happened to Bailey? You used to be a horsewoman. Now you're happy playing second fiddle to your champion over there. EO Sky says, you used to be a horsewoman. Now you're just a stepping stone. Well, <coughs> Oh God! <coughs> See, that's sick. Oh. Look at that comment. How sick that comment yeah. made my guy. It's unbelievable. <laughs> you, are you okay? I'm okay. Were you, were you, do you think it was a flagrant comment made? In it it was. <laughs> the nerve of this woman. <laughs> she made you choke. Woo! Thank you. She said that she is still the measuring stick, and after she beats Bailey, she's gonna challenge EO at Fastlane. Boo! So Bailey comes hot out of the gate there because they then have their match. And Bailey attacks Charlotte, beats her down. She hits a dive to wipe out uh, Charlotte on the outside. And, you know, it is more or less a Bailey match. And then Charlotte hits a spear and gets the win. Clean. Clean. 
And afterwards, she's standing tall, and Bailey says, you think you can just cut the line and get a title shot? That's not how it works. Yes, it is. Have you watched this show before, Bailey? That's exactly how this works when it comes to Charlotte. And they surround the ring. Damage control does. They're about to attack Charlotte Flair. And then who makes the save for Charlotte but Asuka? Oz Krangle says, Azuka. <sighs> and I don't quite know why. Mm. I know Charlotte sort of had Asuka's back last week, but Asuka lost. And I, last I checked, Asuka was somewhere in the middle of being a baby face and a heel. Mm. I don't quite know. Ah, uh, whatever. She's a bobby face now, man. Whatever it was, seeing Asuka run to the aid of Charlotte Flair, I'm just like, oh, this brings me a sense of dread. I just don't. I don't like that dynamic. But she starts saying things in Japanese towards damage control, and Bailey grabs the mic and says, oh, yeah? You want a triple threat match with Charlotte and Io at Fastlane? Well, you got it. And Io's left me like, that's not what she said. Why would you do this? It seems like the story is Bailey is constantly trying to put EO in a position to lose the title, but that also just goes back to them kind of having like a a bickering will they won't they break up deal going on for months and months and months and they never have. So I don't know if this is building to anything or if that's just their relationship. I know what you're saying because um, it's quite hard. So on one side is like, is this passive aggression seeping through? Mm -hmm. <laughs> or in Bailey's weird mind is like twice the traffic, the more of a distraction to help her win. Sure. I don't know. Cause it's like, if you just had Charlotte, you'd be able to focus on one person, but now you added another person to focus in a mm -hmm. match and for a potentially to lose. I don't understand either. And also it doesn't make sense that um, EO can talk for herself. Bailey can say whatever she wants. When is it someone in, my, in the group can talk for someone? That doesn't even make sense by the way. Adam Pierce, I'm starting to see why Tempest kind of dislikes you. Make things make sense. It's kind of logical. You, you can't. Bailey said yeah, but Eo doesn't didn't say yeah. Eo could still say no. But yeah, it seems like it's gonna be a triple threat match. And a lot uh, a lot of times when there's a tie on the line and Charlotte Flair's there, there's a sense of dread that comes with everyone's mind. It sure is. But we'll, we'll see. I'm sure, you know, sure it'll be a good match. But before we move on, we did have the Pretty Deadly segment. Dave, we did have the Pretty Deadly segment, yes. Because we had yet another Pretty Deadly training video. And I thought this was particularly funny because this one was like really inspirational. Last week's one, they were like talking to the doctor and, you know, it was kind of like a documentary type deal. This was like a proper video montage of them training. And it was in slow motion, and Elton Prince is trying to trying to poke a dummy in the eyes do as he's things. training, do, doing heel things. And it culminates with them eventually poking him in the eye. And the chair shot as well. Really it, cool. It, it was a chair shot and the eye poke. So for me, what made me laugh is their training regimen is doing heel figs. It's like, all right, when you get a chair, what do you do? And he couldn't quite get his arm to hit the chair. And he was yeah. in frustration. And eventually he chucked the chair at the the, the workout dummy, wherever it is, and it, it hit him. And then he did the eye poke. And I was like, and he was able to get up from his chair and do a, a, a high five. And I was like, yes, boy. Yes, boy. I think that workout dummy's name is Bob. Bob. I, I used to sell those at like a sports store Look a few at years that. ago. Mm. And in the, the description and like the code and everything, it was called Bob. Now we know. Bob. So they were beating up Bob. Bob was eye poked, man. This then led to our main event segment as John Cena arrived at the building with one segment left to go. Thank God they didn't have a main event booked. But John Cena arrives. He goes straight to the ring, and he's got a little folder in his hand with the contract. Mm -hmm. And he says, last week, the bloodline left me knocked out. And they left me with this contract. Contract for a match with the bloodline at Fastlane. Now, I could just rip this up and go on my way, but I want a match. And the man would never give up across his chest would never walk away from a fight. What, what do you think a man with never give up on his chest was going to do? So he says, I'm going to find a partner before Fastlane or I'm going to face the Bloodline two-on-one -on -one in a handicap match. This then prompts the Bloodline to come down to the ring. And they get in, mm -hmm. and they manage to double-team John Cena, overwhelm him. They hit a series of running hip attacks in the corner, and they start clearing off the announce table before they can kill John Cena for good. This then prompts the arrival of L.A. Knight. Yeah. yeah. He comes down, and he gets, like, the biggest pop on the show. 
He gets the big ovation that he should have had last week if he didn't get COVID. Thankfully, he's able to come out this week, clear the ring, hit the BFT, pardon me, a neck breaker. Sorry, I got confused like Kevin Patrick did. <laughs> so when it happened, yeah, he hit that, that neck breaker, got some hang time as well. He, he did that sick neck breaker and then Kevin Patrick, BFT! And then after that, you got Michael Cole and, and Corey Graves just um, continuing on their way, just like completely ignoring Kevin Patrick's faux pas. Yeah. So that fall, that small snafu out of the way, this was a really fun little main event deal, of course. It, it's the sort of thing you would see in the Attitude Era, for example, where it's like, if, if they just beat him down, it would have been any other thing. But because you had the guy with the big ovation come down, I never noticed just how much uh, LA Knight's punches look like The Rock's punches. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. I know that LA Knight has drawn heavy inspiration from The Rock. Like, I'm, I'm not a, you know, I'm not no Mark here. But my God, this time I was like, those are just The Rock's punches. Lay like, the you, smack of down. you know The Rock's punches when you see them. You know, he's, he's got a, a certain je ne sais quoi about him. But also, The Rock's punches were inspired by Razor Ramon Scott Hall. Just yeah. let you guys know. So the, the lineage is, is continuing. So yeah. next time you... Talk S word on your podcast, Kevin Nash. Those punches came from your boy. Yeah. So. Yeah, because, you know, Scott Hall wore two elbow pads. The Rock was inspired to wear two elbow pads, and he stopped punching like Scott Hall. If you didn't know, guys, now you know. Oh, Chris Omania. Yeah. <laughs> Survival series. Trivia goats over yeah, here. Yeah, I, I'm a trivia goat myself. 465 days of being Jack of all trades, Greg Cherry um, brand. I've been I'm to the point where actually I've taken a vacation now. They're gonna do the interim champions. I've beaten everyone. <laughs> you don't do no jobs. I don't job to anyone. That's why I won't do survival series because I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the end of SmackDown. LA Knight signed his name on the contract, handed it to John Cena, who was very excited at the prospect of teaming with LA Knight. And that's gonna be your match for Fast Lane. John Cena and LA Knight against Solo Sokoa and Jim James Uso. So that brings SmackDown to a close. A better show, I think, than we've seen recently. Mm -hmm. Still doesn't have, like, you know... It, it's difficult because this John Cena tag match, like, I don't think is that important in the grand scheme of things. There's no title involved, even though the undisputed, quote-unquote, champion is involved in this, you know, by association with the bloodline. So it's difficult for me to really care about SmackDown when I know that the direction of the show has nothing to do with the top champion and such. It's sort of like what Raw was, you know, last year when there was no Roman Reigns on that show either. Mm -hmm. But... That being said, as, as as far as the stories that they are currently telling, I think this was a more interesting week than usual. You had the stuff with the Street Profits that I was really into. You had Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar having a really, really good match, along with the integration of Dragon Lee, which just in itself is exciting. And you had the return of LA Knight, which gets a big pop and sends everyone home happy. So I gave this a three out of five in my edited review. And maybe I was kind of humming and hawing going back and forth because I don't mm. think it was really great to make it like a four out of five but it was like a really good three out of five and also uh, as much as we poo-pooed on it it was good to see cameron grams do you know how like seeing new blood on tv can just add so much because mm -hmm. i feel like smackdown uh, maybe not so much raw it's been mostly smackdown where it feels like stuck on grand groundhog day you see the same things same people feuding same, same five faces. women on the show oh, all the times man you'd think the draft that didn't happen for example when tegan for example i'm using raw as an example tegan knox come i'm like oh she's on raw Cause I don't watch main event. I mean, yeah. we in the UK, we don't watch main event. Like, I don't think everybody watches main not, event. Not to poo-poo a -poo main event. I would watch main event back in the days if there wasn't 10,000 wrestling. Not complaining. Wrestling is great right now, but so much of it. It's kind of like you, you 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 tend to gloss over certain things. It's like being on a dating app. You start swiping left on certain things that you don't want. <laughs> <laughs> but that will bring our review of SmackDown to a close. Mm. Again pretty decent show check out Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar's match and, and check out John Cena's shocked expression when LA Knight signed a contract the guy's like a veteran who what veteran acts like oh my gosh you're gonna team with me this is so surprising you saved <laughs> you saved me and you're signing the contract I'm a rookie at this come on Cena you're a vet you know what going yeah but he's also an actor he is he's, an actor. he's flexing he his chops project. he's like 
uh, actor strike. I still got it. Look at my acting chops. See, what he got to do is he knows he's got the old Hogan uh, yeah, uh, does. thing where he's got he's to perform I mean, for the people yeah. all the way in the back row, mm. up in the upper deck. They got to see all of his big reactions. Yeah, he does. You know what? I've, I find it part humorous, part endearing, and part cringe. Or at the same yeah. time. I'm like, oh, I go through all the emotions when he does something like that. Oh, gosh. Well, that's fair. Mm. Let us know what you thought of this episode of SmackDown, Dragon Lee's involvement, where the bloodline is going, and if you are happy to see L.A. Knight back on this show, because we certainly are. In the meantime, make sure you're subscribed to the WrestleTalk podcast channel and enable notifications so you know when we go live for our Wrestle Dream review over on Monday. Very excited for that pay-per-view. And then after that, it is your regularly scheduled programming until the following week when we will have a review of Fastlane because this month there are so many pay-per-views and they aren't going to stop. Three of them in November. Hot diggity dog. So much work. But that will do it for this episode of the SmackDown Review Podcast. I have been Tempest, your host, alongside my lovely and wonderful co-host, Saini Angie. So check us out next week. Same sat time, same sat channel. House of the Black Mask. Always the house. wins. That's what he said. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 